Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. This is True Crime Psychology and Personality, where we discuss the pathology behind some of the most horrific crimes and those who committed them from a scientifically informed perspective. I'm Dr. Todd Grande. I have a PhD in Counselor Education and Supervision, and I'm a licensed professional counselor of mental health. Dr. Todd Grande, that's my YouTube channel. Today's question is, can I analyze the case of Annie Dewani? Annie Dewani was born in Sweden on March 12, 1982. Her parents were of Indian descent. At one time, they lived in Uganda. They had sought asylum in Sweden in the early 1970s after fleeing Uganda. The president of that country expelled all Asians who were living there. Annie eventually graduated from college with a degree in engineering and worked for the telecommunications company, Ericsson. Annie decided it was time to find a romantic interest. She wanted her partner to be both wealthy and Indian, and thought that she would have a better chance of finding him in London. In May of 2009, she traveled to London and stayed with her cousin. She met a man named Shrien Dewani. He was just what she was looking for. He was wealthy, Indian, and she found him to be attractive. They connected on other points as well. For instance, Shrien's mother had lived in Uganda. They started a long-distance romantic relationship. In February of 2010, Annie moved to London. Two months later, the couple became engaged. The couple did not always get along. They even broke up at one point before Annie moved to London. But eventually, they decided to continue with their plan of getting married. On October 19, 2010, they married in Mumbai, India. It was an extravagant, elegant, and expensive wedding. It was their intent to have another ceremony in the United Kingdom in 2011. I guess all of their friends were not able to fly to India to be at their official wedding. They briefly returned to the UK before leaving for their honeymoon. On November 7, 2010, the couple flew to Cape Town, South Africa. They then flew to Kruger National Park, returning to Cape Town on November 12. Their taxi driver from the airport to the hotel was a man named Zola Tongo. Now moving to the timeline of the crime. On November 13, 2010, the couple hired Zolo Tongo to be their unofficial tour guide. So he had driven them again from the airport to the hotel, and I guess Shrien liked him, so he thought, okay, I'll have this guy work as my tour guide. Apparently, Tongo was okay with making money on the side, like with his official taxi job, but also after hours. Reportedly, Shrien thought that using Tongo would be more affordable than using the hotel's car service. Tongo drove the couple to a number of places in his taxi, a Volkswagen minivan, including a restaurant. When the couple was finished eating, Tongo picked them up. For some reason, Tongo then drove them to a very dangerous part of town, an area so dangerous 
that many locals were afraid to go there in the day. They would not even think about traveling there at night. This area had averaged one murder every two and a half days over the last several years. It was not immediately clear why Tongo drove them to that area. There were different stories as to who requested venturing there. At one point on their journey, two armed men carjacked the Volkswagen. One carjacker climbed into the driver's seat and another right next to Shrien and Annie. They robbed Shrien, taking his watch, phone, wallet, and cash. Shrien hid Annie's expensive engagement ring in the seats of the vehicle. The carjackers did not get that item. About 17 minutes later, the carjackers threw Shrien out of the vehicle as well, saying they would release his wife separately. Shrien ran through the streets, knocking on doors until somebody finally called the police. Annie was found dead in the back seat of the taxi at 7.50 a.m. the next day. She had been shot one time. The bullet struck her hand, chest, and neck. The neck wound would prove to be fatal. In addition, Annie had bruises on her body, including on her inner leg, but the police believed that no sex-related crime had occurred. Some of her personal property had been stolen, including her diamond bracelet, phone, purse, and watch. The authorities believe this was a straightforward case. Annie was killed by armed carjackers. Her body was released to her husband, who returned to the United Kingdom. Later, her body was cremated. During the investigation, the police found a palm print in the Volkswagen. Over the next few days, the police arrested two attackers, Kolail Minjeni and Swamadota Kwabi. They also arrested a hotel receptionist named Monde Malumbo. For some reason, the three conspirators were allowed to talk to one another. I guess it was part of South Africa's new Get Your Story Straight program to reduce convictions or something. I can imagine a poster hanging on the wall in the jail. Don't want to stay here? Get your story straight. The initial story was that they were trying to rob Annie. During the struggle, she was shot. Murder was not their objective. None of the initial confessions made any mention of any other conspirators. This was simply a robbery gone bad. Not long after this, their stories changed. Now they were saying that Shrien had orchestrated the attack. It was a murder-for-hire plot. The taxi driver, Zola Tongo, initially claimed that he was just a victim of this carjacking. He had nothing to do with it. A few days later, his story changed as well. He said that Shrien was behind the crime. Tongo and Kwabi were offered favorable plea bargains in exchange for their testimony against Shrien Dewani. They were sentenced to 18 and 25 years respectively. Life in prison would have been the expected sentence if they were convicted in a trial. The hotel receptionist, Malombo, was granted full immunity. The fourth conspirator, Minjeni, decided to take his case to trial. He claimed that the police had suffocated him with a plastic bag in order to facilitate a confession. He said he was not one of the carjackers. He had an alibi. In November of 2012, he was convicted of murder and sentenced to life in prison. He died of a brain tumor about two years later. Shrian Dewani vigorously tried to avoid being extradited from England to South Africa, saying that he had PTSD and depression. His attorney said he wouldn't survive in a South African prison. Shrian was finally extradited to South Africa 
in April of 2014. He was charged with murder, kidnapping, robbery, obstruction, and conspiracy. The three remaining conspirators testified against him. Again, one had died in prison, but they could not get their stories straight. In addition, Tongo and Kwabi had fabricated telephone calls and text messages and refused to identify a fifth conspirator who they referred to in audio recordings. So somebody was responsible in this crime who was never caught. When the prosecution finished presenting their case, the defense argued for a dismissal, which the judge granted. The judge said that Tonga was the only witness who could connect Shrien to the conspiracy. His testimony was filled with inconsistencies and lies. There was no way to know where the lies ended and the truth began. The immunity for Malumbo was revoked due to him committing perjury. Later, it was determined that he could not be prosecuted. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Ohio is a land of mystery. From missing shipwrecks and lost treasure beneath her surface to strange phenomenon slicing through her skies. From myths that have evolved around historic events and people to the unsolved murders and disappearances that keep her communities wondering what happened. Find Ohio Mysteries on your favorite podcast app and let's explore the inexplicable. OhioMysteries.com Now moving to my analysis. Even though the case against Shrian Dewani was ultimately dismissed, some people still have questions about his guilt. Was he actually guilty? Let's take a look at the evidence both for and against the idea that he was guilty, starting with the inculpatory evidence. It appears as though Shrian had not been honest with Annie. Shrian was gay and apparently never told her. Several male prostitutes came forward after Shrian was accused and implied that he was into BDSM-style sex. He was a submissive. Shrian eventually admitted on the stand that he was living a double life. Guests at the wedding indicated that the two seemed detached during their ceremony, like neither one was really invested in what was happening. Annie texted friends right after she was married, suggesting that she was unhappy. Perhaps she had made a mistake. I guess it didn't take her too long to realize this mistake. Shrian made the unusual decision of hiring a taxi driver to be a tour guide. He had a number of unusual contacts with Tongo. For example, he met with Tongo in the parking lot of the hotel for a 10-minute conversation. This was prior to the murder. The day before the murder, he went for a drive with Tongo. During the drive right before the murder, the police said that Shrian was texting Tongo. Prior to Annie's body being located, Shrian met Tongo at the hotel. Shrian was captured on video surveillance looking around, as if he was trying to locate the cameras. Two days after the murder, the two met again at the hotel. Shrian was recorded with a white package or envelope in his possession. Tongo was seen leaving 
with that same item. Shrian did not appear to be honest with the police initially. He changed his story about whose idea it was to go into the dangerous area of town. He initially lied about hiding the engagement ring, and he had different stories about how he escaped from the vehicle. Shrian left South Africa just three days after the murder. Reportedly, he was detached during Annie's funeral, like he didn't want to have anything to do with it. Some of the elements of the crime don't make sense. For example, why would the carjackers let Shrian go, only to later kill Annie? How did the carjackers know that the couple was carrying expensive items? It seems clear that the taxi driver was in on it, and Shrian is the one who selected the taxi driver. Now moving to the exculpatory factors. It doesn't make sense that Shrian would enter into a murder-for-hire plot with a taxi driver he had only just met. The taxi driver claimed that Shrian was going to pay him about 1,400 pounds. This is less than he made in a month. Why would the taxi driver be willing to commit first-degree murder for someone he just met for such a small amount of money? If Shrian was in on the crime, why did he hide the engagement ring? He could have simply told Annie not to bring the ring. The bullet that killed Annie was fired at an unusual angle, almost like whoever shot her had been in a physical struggle with her. The carjackers may have been attempting to perpetrate an assault of a sexual nature when they shot her, which explains why they kicked Shrian out of the vehicle. Even though the police accused Shrian of sending text messages to Tongo during the drive, they could not produce any records to support this claim. The known conspirators only implicated Shrian as the mastermind after failing to mention him during their initial confessions. The government of South Africa had a strong motive to accuse Shrian. They had concerns that the homicide would hurt tourism. They wanted to change the narrative from violent carjackers kill innocent tourists to cheating husband arranges for his wife to be murdered by manipulating innocent locals into a conspiracy. When considering all the evidence, do I think that Shrian was guilty? No, I don't think he was guilty beyond a reasonable doubt, and I don't think he was guilty in reality. Zola Tonga was the only person who could tie him to the crime, and he lied several times and had inconsistent stories. What do I think happened in this case? This is just a theory, my opinion. When Annie started looking for a romantic partner, she really wanted somebody like her. She wanted a man who would be acceptable to her family. When she found Shrien, there were clear signs that he was not a suitable companion, but because he was exactly what she wanted in so many other ways, she tried to make it work. By the time they arrived in South Africa for their honeymoon, she was already thinking about divorce. Shrian was also preoccupied with other thoughts. Reportedly, he was on gay dating websites immediately after Annie was killed. They both probably knew this wasn't going to work out. The couple was not paying attention to safety concerns. Again, they were highly distracted. They were both wearing a number of expensive items of jewelry. They were not being cautious about who saw that. The taxi driver took one look at the couple and figured they would be easy to rob. He contacted the hotel receptionist, who in turn located the carjackers. They executed the robbery without any intent to kill, but during the robbery, and potentially during an attempted sexual assault of Annie, they shot and killed her. The government of South Africa did not like the optics of this case, so they pressured the conspirators into implicating Shrian. 
In the end, the same poor organizational skills that haunted the crime haunted their testimony. It became clear Shrien was not involved. One of the themes that emerges in this case is how Annie Diwani was betrayed by everybody. Her new husband was not being honest with her. Her taxi driver arranged to have her robbed and maybe to have her killed. The hotel receptionist assisted in this endeavor, and of course the carjackers murdered her. The last time I want to talk about is how South African officials didn't think their strategy through if in fact they did encourage the conspirators to falsely implicate Shrien. Homicide of a tourist understandably hurts tourism. One of the main objects when somebody goes to another country to visit would be returning alive. Returning in a non-alive state would be much less desirable. If the officials had done nothing, the story would have been four conspirators kill innocent woman on her honeymoon. South Africa can be a dangerous place. If they had been successful in framing Shrien, the story would have been, come to South Africa to meet all of your murder-for-hire needs. We have plenty of people willing to commit homicide for a nominal fee. I guess this would stimulate tourism, but is that really a good strategy? It still means that South Africa is a dangerous place. With the case against Shrien being dismissed, neither of those two stories were promoted. Instead, the message to tourists was this. Come to South Africa. Your spouse will get murdered, and you'll get framed for killing her. We know you're innocent, and your case may get dismissed. Oh, by the way, our prisons are not survivable to outsiders. It never occurred to South African officials that the narrative they painted was even worse than if they just decided not to interfere at all. They should have just left the story alone. Often, the truth is a better way to go. This has been True Crime Psychology and Personality from Ars Longa Media. This content is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Ars Longa, Vita Brevis. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.